Isaiah chapter 12. While you're turning there, I am going to interject a few more prayer requests, and and that is uh, Glenn Boone is out of town at his uncle's funeral today. That's why he's not here. Also pray for Kaylee Stone. Also pray for Sue Baker and her family. Uh, Earlier in the week, you may have received the request that, that her grandson to pray for the family because her grandson had passed away. And, and so when we're all gathered like this, I thank you for taking these prayer requests home and praying for those in need. And uh, please remember them as well. Isaiah chapter 12, verse 1. And in that day thou shalt say, O Lord, I will praise thee. Though thou wast angry with me, thine anger is turned away, and thou comfortest me. We're still giving praise to the Lord as we have for several weeks now on Sunday night, as well as a recent Sunday morning. We're going to do the same again. I I thought this subject of praise was going to go to the extent of one message. And here we continue on. And in the verse that we have here before us, we see an angered Lord and we see a comforting Lord. We find a, a day that the Lord is to be praised here. And we see that His anger has passed and His comfort has come into being in the lives of His people. Rather than look at the direct event in the text, uh, let's just go directly to our lives and the episodes of our lives and the, the circumstances of our lives that, that we have been in and experienced. We have been comforted by the Lord. We are chastened by the Lord. We have been through trying times. And God has made a way of escape for us to relieve, be relieved of that pressure. And we are to always be mindful of our duty to stop and to give God's praise. The Lord's anger does not go on and on and on. But His comfort, it does. Not only should we relate this to the events of our lives, we should relate this to the event of you and I becoming a child of God. Back on that amazing day when that happened, when the shackles of those chains of sin were broken and we were made free by God through His Son, Jesus Christ. What a fitting verse this is for you and I to look back on the day that we were saved. Think about it. Let's read it again. And in that day thou shalt say, 
O Lord, I will praise thee. Though thou wast angry with me, thine anger is turned away, and thou comfortest me. The experience of my salvation and yours fits right into play right here. What a day that was. There are terrible days in the Bible. There are terrific days in the Bible. So goes in our lives as well. There is a, a day of wrath in the Bible that the, that the Word of God speaks of. And there is also a day of blessing. God has power to curse and God has power to bless. And there's an example of of, of both kind of days that we might look at in the Bible. Zechariah 12, 9, just picking out a verse, says, And it shall come to pass in that day that I will seek to destroy all the nations that come against Israel. But on the other side of things, in Luke six twenty three, it says, Rejoice ye in that day, and leap for joy. For behold, your reward is great in heaven, for in the... Like manner did their fathers unto the prophets. Wow, I would like to just talk about that day of rejoicing and, and our rewards in heaven. You know, the, the, there's, there's some that would only want to preach messages like that. Maybe there's some that only preach messages like that. Maybe there are some who only want to hear messages like that. But, but we have a little bit of both in God's Word here today. You know, Solomon says, to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. And, and you read there in Ecclesiastes of some difficult times, of some sorrow, of, of some hard experiences that we go through. And there's pleasant experiences. There are the blessings of God. And people need both seasons. In their lives. Everyone needs comfort and everyone needs conviction as well. In difficult circumstances, you know, we're tempted to get depressed, but something good is going to be going on even when we don't realize it. Difficult circumstances, what good could be happening? Well, well, what if we are looking to rely on, on self-confidence? The world says, hey, that's a good thing. But according to the truth, hey, that's a bad thing. When we start to rely upon self and exalt our own selves, hard times will deflate that. You know, man's righteousness is as filthy rags. Yet, that's what, he, that's what he stands his collar up about in so many ways when he looks at himself and, and, and looks to his own righteousness. A tough trial will steer us away from that. God gave Paul a thorn in the flesh. It was not mean-spirited, that he did that, that he gave that to him, he gave him that thorn in the flesh that he might not be exalted in self-confidence. If we are turned to self, then we are turned from the experience 
of God's grace. We're neglecting God's grace if we're turned and looking to self. Therefore, we may be injured in in these hard circumstances of life, but not for the sake of being hurt, but that healing may be given, that grace may be granted. There's always a valley before the mountaintop. And there's always sorrow before the truest, most fullest experience of joy. People want to skip that. People would like to skip the valley and straight to the mountaintop of grace. And that just doesn't work. That's not the way God has it planned to work. Look, there must first be a certain experience of God's love in our lives. The Bible says, Whom the Lord loveth, He chasteneth. By the way, I'm throwing a little bit of our everyday experiences in here. Ultimately, it's going to be about the, the saved and the unsaved, but, but consider some of this in the life of the saved because we need it. Look, when God is loving, we may be hurting at the same time. We're going to be. But that will be because God wants to show His ability to heal His ability to help you and I while doing a work in us to make us see the need for His grace. Paul asked that this thorn in the flesh be removed from him. And in his suffering, God told His faithful man of God in His suffering, My grace is sufficient for thee. Lord, will you please remove this thorn in the flesh? She asked Him three times. And that's the answer. My grace is sufficient for thee. Through times of discouragement and problems is when grace is most appealing to people. We're always ready to give grace. May every child always be ready to give grace. But the truth is, many don't see their need for grace. The fact of the matter is, many people are not interested in grace whatsoever. So God in this, go back with me a few minutes ago, God in this certain love of His is going to send some discouragement and some problems, not discouragement, but things that cause discouragement. He's going to send things into our lives, some trouble, so that we might see our need for His grace. That we might long for His grace. God's comfort lifts us up when we have been down. 
we will be made humble before experiencing this peace of God which passeth all understanding in our lives. Some try to jump straight to the peace, attempting to ignore the trial without being humble before God first. And people come to learn something about that. And I know something about that in lives that I know nothing about because it's just an absolute overall rule. There's no peace down that shortcut path. There must be a valley. There must be humility before God first. Four young men were in a situation one time. And they got themselves in some trouble. They were wrong. And when asked about it, one tried to excuse it. Another tried to pretend they weren't responsible. One more told a really good story to try to cover it. It just wasn't true. The last one hung his head in the situation honestly, in humility, and said, I'm guilty, I'm wrong. The first three had consequences. The last one had mercy. Grace is freely given, but no one gets to it or sees their need of it in self-confidence, in self-righteousness, or in trying to improve one's own ability relying on self. There's, there's no experience of grace there. Wow. When we think about this thing that so quickly tries to creep up upon every single one of us, let's think about the topic at the moment. And in self-confidence, in self-righteousness, how can we praise God? What kind of praise can there be to God in that? May we detect in times of distress and pressure how much we see our need for His grace. How much we cherish it. And how the experience of it ends up turning us to God in praise. Can we individually see God's one-on-one love to us, wanting to give us grace in our trial, wanting to soothe us with His grace after our trial, which moves us to give Him praise? Can we see God's personal interest in our lives and that He is drawing us to see His personal interest in our lives by the trouble, by the things that we go through. There are too many people waiting and wandering around in religion in this world who are missing it. There are those walking up and down the aisles of true religion 
And they're never captured by God's personal saving grace. There may be singing. There may be bowing the head. There may be opening the Bible when the preaching of the Word goes on. There may be Christian family members in the very home saved. But the truth is, if we went before the Lord today, for some, He would say, depart from me, I never knew you. There's a lot of people in this world who are going to hear that. Not just the ones who claim to be an atheist, but those setting in true churches. God is full of love. He is full of grace. He has mercy for us, but His anger weighs down upon the one who has never been born again. But oh, how that anger was turned from us when we got saved. Do you see it there? Thou wast angry with me. Thine anger is turned away. Wow. What a personal experience in our lives when we were saved. Not just was the burden of sin lifted, but right along with that was the coupled anger of God in that turned away from our lives. We were lost sinners. We had no pardon from sin. We were destroying ourselves. But then God's mercy came to us and He saved us. The Bible says in the book of Titus, according to His mercy, He saved us. And we experienced the removing of His anger, the burden lifted in our salvation from that, from God's anger concerning our sin. It was removed. We not only experienced this anger turned away, but... What does the verse say concerning one thing about speaking here? It says, In that day thou shalt say, Praise to God is going to be vocal. It starts within, but it's going to be expressed. It's going to be vocalized. It's going to be said. Someone may say in confusion or self-deception, I've been born again and, and the anger of God is removed from me. But that doesn't mean it's true just because someone's been deceived to think they believe it. And that anger is immediately replaced with comfort. It is to those who have truly been saved, but not to everyone who says that. I love that 40th Psalm, which says, He hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. The 107th Psalm in the second verse says, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I'll never forget the first time I read that verse. And I saw my duty to express praise to God. And, and it becomes not looked upon as a duty by the children of God, but a delight to give praise to the Lord. 
When that weight is lifted from our lives of our sin and the anger of God, how could our mouths not be open about that? We cannot help but reveal what has happened when we got saved. When you got saved, did you get a new talk? I got a new talk. We had an old talk before salvation, but now all things are become new, including what we say. In that day thou shalt say, Praise is stirred up within, but it comes outside of us, pouring over in exaltation to God. We get a new vocabulary when we're saved. We have a new volition when we are saved. We leave God's anger and we come into God's comfort when He saves us. Our hearts can't hold back the praise that is due to God when we meditate on what He has done for every single one of us. What great things He has done. What a great experience that His grace has brought into our lives. Salvation is an experience within. And it overflows out of us. His anger has been turned away. And He has brought comfort to us. What a day that was when we were saved. And that happened to us. We experienced that. What a day that was. What a declaration this is. It's all about Jesus. And in that day thou shalt say, O Lord, I will praise thee, though thou wast angry with me. Thine anger is turned away, and thou comfortest me. It's all about Jesus, isn't it? That's what we see here. When it becomes about man, things get real messed up. This has to be the testimony of everyone. When you were saved, you were in awe of Jesus. There was nothing else on your minds. It was fixed on the Lord Jesus Christ. We must be that way still. We must be that way today as well. Let us, let us look back to the experience of our salvation and do so. Not that we don't have blessings in the present. We do. Let us consider our blessings in the present. Let us look to the past at that glorious day that the Lord has saved us. And let us give Him praise. When we look back, we have no bragging rights for self, but only boast in the Lord Jesus Christ. Is that the remedy we need today? Because of the temptation to think it's us 
and it wasn't the Lord when He uses us for something great. When we think back to that day we were saved, is there anything we did in and of ourselves to get saved? Absolutely not. If you say yes, then, then that's not salvation because Jesus came to seek and to save that which is lost. He saves and we trust in Him. Let us look back to that day of salvation and realize that all the boast is for God. All we are, all we have become is because of grace. How glad we are that the anger of God got our attention. Can, I, I don't think I could have sold you on that if that was my opening line of the message. But, but maybe now we can, we can take that. And we can say amen to that. How glad we are that the anger of God got our attention and convicted our hearts. We came to terms with guilt. And we knew that we were sinners. And that our sin separated us from God. Praise God for that part of the message that cannot be left out. Though many are leaving it out today. There are many in a place of leadership who will try to hop you from your lost condition right into holiness without seeing your sin. It can't happen, but that's what they're trying to do. I don't, I don't know where people like that are leading someone to but they're not leading them to the true salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ. There is not salvation without conviction of sin. Those who have never experienced the burden of sin have tried to skip right over into getting real busy in religion and have been deceived or deceived themselves into thinking that they're okay with God. There are those who just do not want to hear certain portions of the Word of God. The wrath of God? I mean, that's in the Bible. The, how about the terror of the Lord? That's in the Bible. How about here in our text? Though thou wast angry with me. Right here in our text. We see the anger of the Lord. People don't want to hear these things. Is it possible that that anger has never been turned away from the life? They've never been saved. But those of us who have realized our sins offend a holy God have had that anger removed and been saved by the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Those who have been saved know about this anger, have been made aware of this anger. And guess what? The gratefulness for grace in the one who has known this cannot be taught. Oh, to praise God for His grace. The highest praise of grace is to realize what we were and what we were doing, and what it did to God. A loving God, it hurt. Oh, grace means so much. His anger's been removed, and that's why we give Him praise. 
Let's look again. Thou wast angry with me. That's past tense. Aren't you glad of that this morning? Thou wast angry with me. Someone would say, God's never been angry with me. You wouldn't believe the things I've heard. Some have said, oh, I've always known Jesus. All my life I've known Him. God's never been angry with me. Thou wast angry with me. Don't tell me that doesn't apply for every single one of us. It's backed up a hundred plus times in the Bible. Someone may say, God's never been angry with me, but He has declared otherwise in His Word. God the Holy Spirit has convicted us otherwise in His Word. Listen, listen to the words of Jesus in John 16, 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you that I go away, for if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you, but if I depart, I will send Him unto you. And when He has come, He will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness, and of judgment, of sin because they believe not on me, of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more, of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. We can praise God that the sin which once gave us pleasure in the flesh has been understood to be committed against a God who loves us. And it hurts the heart of the Creator who made us, who gave His Son for us, who loves us. The Holy Spirit has conveyed to you and I this truth. And the sin that once entertained us becomes exceedingly sinful. Sin hasn't become really sinful to us because we've gotten better as a human being or anything like that. That is only by the grace of God through the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives that sin becomes exceedingly sinful. It's only because Jesus is making us to be more like Him that we hate sin more and we love the good things of God more and more. The wrath of God was ahead of us. Hell was our eternity. But we turned to God's grace. Jesus saved us. Heaven has become our home through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. What a spilling over of gratefulness that we have when we reflect on our salvation. What a matter of constant praise when we think about God removing His anger from us. That comfort is in the present now for us and that anger is in the past for us. We can praise the Lord that the anger is gone, but also praise Him 
for making that anger known to us when we were lost in our sins, that we might be convicted of our sins. Can one really know God's love if they haven't known His anger? Can one see that salvation is not something that's just a nice offer, but a necessity for everyone? The, exp- the heaviness of the anger of God makes us see the necessity of salvation. I don't know what to say about the thought of somebody saying, well, I think, I think I'll sign up and get some fire insurance in my pocket. Versus desperately seeing their need to be saved. Good works doing the best we can, it will not appease God's anger. It won't do it. Church attendance will not satisfy. Thinking God's not angry doesn't make it true. Man, we sure value what goes through our mind. I used to. And then over and over again, I go to the Word of God and it dismisses the thought I had in my mind that I thought I could stand on and value. I had so many theories and thoughts in life and, and, and they, were, they were like a house of, uh, of a deck of cards and, and, and I opened the Bible and it's like that bottom card being pulled out and everything goes crashing down. Praise God for that. Praise God for His Word. Praise God for renewing my mind. Praise God for giving us the mind of Christ. The only grounds... For God's anger being turned away from anyone is seeing that they are a sinner and coming to God in His grace hopelessly and helplessly through Jesus Christ in a personal relationship with Him. The glorious gospel is found in the Word of God and that's the dynamite unto salvation. That's the power unto salvation. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ for our sins. Our foundation is of truth. It is in the Word of God. The good news in the Word of God will give hope to any lost sinner. No one is excluded God is no respecter of persons. If God has given you something special to do for Him, that does not make us more special than anyone else. He is no respecter of persons. Every sinner can receive hope through the Word of God which contains the Gospel. Can we praise God this morning? that Jesus Christ came into this world to save sinners. What prayed? Praise God. That's right. That's what, that's what we're on right now, praising God. And, and so let me ask you this morning as we start to close, Christian. Are you praising God that His anger has been removed? We are, if we've truly been born again, 
And when we've truly been born again, we've been through the process of identifying and having our attention brought on the fact that God had an anger toward us. Christian, are you praising God over the passing of His anger? Anyone else here this morning? Maybe you've become personally aware right now of God's anger over sin. And look, you've never had that lifted from you. I tell you what, that, that's a glorious day. It was the most glorious day in my life. I was older than a lot of you in here when it happened in my life. Don't wait as long as I did. Let that anger be turned away this morning. Because of, because of your sins, Jesus took them on the cross of Calvary, every single one of them. Would you be saved and relieved of that today and come into the comfort of God? That anger, that anger is only for a season till we get saved. And then the comfort of God for the rest of our lives. I'm going to read this verse one more time and then we're going to pray. And then, and then you humble yourselves before God and obey Him. And in that day thou shalt say, O Lord, I will praise thee, though thou wast angry with me. Thine anger is turned away, and thou comfortest me. Oh, how, oh, how the lost person needs that today. It's a freely offered salvation. No, you're already accepted in the Beloved if you will accept what Jesus Christ has done for you. You will be in no wise cast out. Nobody likes rejection, do we? Jesus Christ does not reject us. Let us pray. Father in heaven, Lord of glory, we bow before you, dear God, not just in physical posture, but Lord in our hearts. And may our hearts be humbled before you. That, dear God, your word would be humbling our hearts. And that we would search ourselves. As your word has done a work in our lives this morning. And as we know that your Holy Spirit is moving to convict hearts to come to the rescue that Jesus gives to be saved from their sins. Lord, we pray that only you would draw one this morning that they might say, yes, I will take Jesus Christ and trust Him as my Lord and Savior to forgive me for all my sins and for His anger to be removed and never returned again. Dear God, move in the hearts of your children that we might praise you that your anger has been turned away. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If